your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. How do we avoid the afternoon energy crash? How do you wake up in the morning feeling excited to jump out of bed and ready to take on your day? How do you increase deep sleep by 391%? These are all questions that are answered in today's interview with Pateri Latella of the Aura Ring. This is a wearable tech device that I used to find the variables that impact my sleep. And in today's episode, Pateri and I discuss chronotype, what this means, how it is influenced by our genetic blueprint and our genetic expression also known as epigenetics, how to figure out your circadian alignment so you know exactly when is the optimal time for you to go to bed and when you want to wake up to feel amazing during the day. The number one first food that kills sleep, yeah, eating this can actually increase your resting heart rate, delay the amount of time that occurs before you hit your lowest heart rate. And like, this is a critical metric during sleep because after you hit your lowest heart rate, that's when your body really starts to recover and detoxifying some of those things from the brain that our glymphatic system is responsible for that helps prevent Alzheimer's, dementia, and other neurodegenerative disorders. We discussed three common habits that almost everyone who's waking up feeling tired is doing that destroys their ability to recover and much, much more. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Pateri Latella, the serial entrepreneur behind the Aura Ring. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Pateri, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I enjoy being with you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk. Um, before we get into circadian alignment and body clocks and sleep hacks, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, some of the things that, that you've gone through to get to where you're at today. Okay, so um, if I start from, from the beginning of my career, First, uh, first 14 years of my, my business career, I, I spent in uh, telecoms. We were developing uh, uh, high-tech products for, for measuring mobile networks and so on. But then, then I got, uh, let's say, tired on, on telecoms business and then got more interested about how I could use my energy to help people be better and, and help with their health and well-being. So... So I got intrigued about the, the uh, facts that are affecting the performance, your mental performance, cognitive performance, and of course, physical performance as well. So, so um, and also along the, the way, uh, doing business, international business in more than 30 countries and so on, I, I met many, many people who have kind of a burnt out burned down uh, during during their uh, career something like that so uh, and also kind of developed chronic diseases and that kind of things and um, uh, I got that kind of things myself as well when I was trying to balance 
everything in my life. Um, Burnout, it, chronic it, fatigue, those sorts yes, of things. Yes, exactly, exactly. Feeling, feeling fatigue and, and being tired of traveling all, all around and, and trying to balance my life. And especially um, when I changed my career to, to, um, uh, from, from telecoms to develop uh, IT systems for chronic diseases management, for prevention and management of, of diabetes and, and COPD and that kind of stuff. I digged deeper into the uh, human physiology and, and um, kind of a, wanted to understand that what are the reasons behind people developing the chronic diseases and also kind of a, um, understanding, dig deeper into my own understanding about how my body is responding to my lifestyle. So that, that became a, a big driver for, for me since 2005 or so. Uh, before that, I had used, uh, let's say, polar heart rate monitors and basically all the possible tools with my athletic career. So, so uh, I've been doing track and field sports and, and uh, some bodybuilding and, and, and also playing volleyball, uh, Finnish champion in volleyball. Oh, nice. <laughs> Youngster. And, 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 and then martial arts. I, I started as at the age of 13, I started uh, practicing martial arts. And, and that was really a huge thing for me, uh, for, for my mental and physical performance development. And, and, and it was driving my, my interest towards understanding the, the different kind of things affecting our mental and cognitive and physical performance and, and, and how, how we can affect those things so um so i, I practiced several different uh, martial arts uh, forms and and then during the last um 14 years i've been practicing medical qigong uh every every morning i do my my practice and and it is kind of a cooling down from from the martial arts <laughs> uh, a little bit and and um, um so so in my personal life, those things have been driving. And of course, having, having children. So we have two daughters, 10 and 13 years of old. So I've learned so many things uh, from them and with them. And also it has been a driver to, to find the balance in my life. So how I, how I balance my things. So my building uh, to my passion of creating something valuable for people as as a product like like aura and then my family life to be present to my closed ones and and then to myself so how i can find time for myself also to to stay healthy and and well performing and and so on awesome so I, yeah so so it's it's a combination of many things that have been driving me to to where i'm today <laughs> Did did this start as you trying to figure out some of your own challenges with the chronic fatigue and burnout, and and then you started realizing you could apply it to other people? And if so, what were some of the what were some of the big aha moments along the way where you started seeing impro improvements in your own life? What were some of the things that you did? Uh, 
Yes, definitely. It's that that's the way. So so um, I, I kind of started to notice that uh, I don't recover that well anymore from from my physical exercises and and then also that the the uh, from the jet lag after the traveling and that kind of things. So I, I started kind of notice these kind of things that okay my sleep is is interrupted or I don't get enough or something like that and and, and then then kind of started to to measure my body responses that okay what kind of choices I could do in the context of my my daily life so that would help me to recover from daily mental and physical strain so that was about 12 13 years ago when I I did some um, I think the longest longest my personal continuous measurements were something like three to four weeks continuously wearing the heart rate belt and and, and uh, measuring collecting the data from different different um, meters and, and then trying to find correlations between my daily choices and then my body responses so and, and recovery especially and then I started to to kind of understand um, and and dig deeper into the autonomic nervous system balance and did autostatic tests uh, continuously every morning and 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 uh, and I think yeah it was it was really really good uh, way to explore different kind of things that how my body is responding to, to those daily choices and how what time I should do my my exercise for example or what time if I do a relaxing exercise or meditation, what time would be the best for me to do so, so that it would help my my sleep and recovery? And and so that kind of explorations were it, they were well before Aura happened. So so it, it, they they were kind of a, uh, the thoughts and, and ideas behind while while I was still um, working in the context of chronic diseases. And there I had a really good chance to to talk to specialists of diabetes and the doctors who who were, who were treating the patients and so so together there we, we had really good good discussions to 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 understand that why uh, people develop first first of all those symptoms of chronic diseases and then how this prolonged imbalance or prolonged um, sympathetic arousal how it causes uh, this kind of imbalances, so insulin levels gets high, and also you get hypertension and and all those symptoms of chronic diseases, and eventually you, you just develop a chronic condition. So that became uh, kind of my passion. I wanted to find a way for people to learn those things about themselves, and then kind of avoid the symptoms of prolonged stress, and then. And of being able to uh, prevent the onset of a chronic disease, so that that became kind of a big driver for us. And and at the same time, uh, with my team, the core team who were the founders of the company, we uh, we wanted to help people kind of find their optimal performance and to kind of live through their dreams in their life, so that. They wouldn't need to need to suffer of of uh, losing their potential, and and, and but but they could um, really realize in their life what they are aspiring for. I love so it. That, that, yeah, that that became a big driver for us. 
I have a couple rapid fire questions. You mentioned, you mentioned at the beginning about, you know, 13, 14 years ago, you were using heart rate monitors and different types of tech that still exist today. Um, and what are, what are some of the issues with existing technology, whether it's, um, whether we're talking about smartphone apps for tracking sleep, um, that require, you know, you've got your phone, maybe it's laying on the mattress with you, um, mm. the, the Fitbit or some of these Bluetooth heart rate monitors, why were those not good enough? And, and, and why did, uh, why did you decide to develop your own technology? Yeah. So, so, um, so we, along the way, uh, in our core team, we've been uh, testing different kind of technologies, and, and many of my my colleagues actually are from Polar, from from the heart rate monitoring company. So they've been developing those. Like like our chief scientific officer Hannu Kinnunen used to be the principal scientist of Polar. So so they've been developing this pioneering technology for heart rate monitoring. Their first wireless heart rate monitoring device was in 1977 already. So they've been pioneering creating this business of heart rate monitoring. And I think that has been, the, let's say, one of the most important tools for me to understand heart rate and, and heart rate variability uh, from the kind of practical perspective and also doing these uh, kind of orthostatic tests and different kind of tests to see uh, how, how deep breathing, for example, is affecting my my uh, uh, autonomic nervous system and that kind of things. So, from the very initial phases, uh, we wanted to dig deeper into the physiological responses of the body. So, of course, every product has has some good points, but but maturity of the devices and especially wearables, they couldn't provide us with such accurate data especially in relation to, to sleep and body responses during, during your sleep and also giving, giving kind of biofeedback on, on uh, let's say, accurate enough in, in the right context. So especially during the night, they weren't comfortable to wear, not accurate enough, or, or there was always some, some drawback. Uh, the wearing comfort especially is not or was not good and still is not good in maturity of the devices. So, so especially for the nighttime uh, measurement, they are not that applicable. Uh, so we wanted to, to, in our solution, we wanted to tackle all those, those things so that we get accurate data as a long-term data, and, and we can get understanding of the autonomic nervous system and, and central nervous system communication and autonomic nervous system balance-related things. So, so that we can really make something meaningful. So, so the big difference to, let's say, driving people to reach their 10,000 steps every day, we wanted to develop something more meaningful that could be a tool for you to self-reflect and become more self-aware of, of the things that, that are happening in your physiology and, and how, how you could be in better sync with your physiology and biology. Uh, in your life and do the right choices uh, along the way. So, so that, that was a big driver for us. And, and so we wanted to create a meaningful solution and, and solve the meaningful use cases. So eventually we just noticed that, okay, there is no such device that would help us to collect the right kind of a data in the right context. And therefore, because we are 
we have technological background, most of us. So, and we, we, we have long background, 15 to 20 years of background of creating products, uh, high-tech products in different contexts and embedded solutions for specific uh, purposes. And, and also consumer products um, that are used by, by millions or tens of millions of people before. So, so um, because there wasn't a good solution, we had to do it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, yeah. which is often the case. And that's been one of the most beneficial parts of the Aura Ring is that it's brought awareness to how certain things impact my sleep. And I'm excited to share one of them with you. I, I intentionally haven't uh, because it's, it's pretty substantial, but we've seen in, in our community of biohackers, 300 to 400% increases in, in deep sleep. And, um, and some of these, these self-monitoring measurements that are important for overcoming neurodegenerative disease and preventing yes. Alzheimer's and Parkinson's yes. and keeping your mind yes. sharp. Um, yes. I'm curious, before we get into body clock and, and some of these exciting topics like circadian alignment and chronotype and sleep hacks in more detail, you've mentioned a few different things as it pertains to movement and exercise. Um, and we've talked about Qigong, and I think you said medical Qigong. Yes. Um, I, 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 I have done some Qigong. I need to do more. I'm curious how you do that. But then there's also yoga and high intensity interval training and steady state cardio and weights and getting 10,000 steps a day. For sleep, what have you seen to be the most important type of exercise? Type of exercise. Okay. For me, at least, uh, yeah. Qigong, there was, a, there was a kind of a big reason for me to start Qigong, first of all. I, I broke my wrist uh, completely. So, so uh, oh, yeah, I can see the scar. Yeah, so I couldn't couldn't continue with my my martial arts anymore because I don't want it to want to break it anymore. So it, it's understandable. Not that, yeah, it's not that flexible. My wrist is not that flexible anymore. Uh, but but it was the let's say the best exercise for me to get rid of the, all the kind of dead uh, uh, cells and that kind of things, and also get the flexibility back <coughs> and and and, and uh, really. Uh, uh, get it into the condition that it's not painful anymore because it was, it was totally broken. And, 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 and it was a surprise that the, the, the surgeons could, could really make it work. How'd you yeah. break it? Uh, we were building our log house. That I'm, I'm, I'm now standing on, on the wall of the log house. <laughs> yeah, and, for the and, viewers, and I, it looks it looks like Pateri's broadcasting from the inside of a sauna. Um, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's like the quintessential yeah. Finnish log house. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so we were building this house, and uh, and I actually fell down from three and a half meters. Uh, it's about six feet or seven feet. I fell down to a concrete floor. And, and and the uh, um, so everything was was okay, but but then my my wrist uh, was in between myself and and the um, the ladders. Mm. I mean the yeah. So so it was kind of aluminium ladder that that started sliding from the bottom, and then then I fell down, and then the, one of the ladder uh, those you know it, rungs. It, yeah. yeah. So it, it hit. Here, so that the, the wrist looked like looked like completely broken. So, uh, oh. <laughs> so 
so uh, so that that was the end of my <laughs> building up. <laughs> there, there goes your hammer in hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. So so uh, it took a while for me to to recover from that, but eventually, uh, it was a really good thing that I found this medical Qigong because it it's really started to help me to to heal it better and and um, to get it bone boned again because like like the I don't know what what's it called but it is so-called uh, um, is it boat bone or something like that it went to eight pieces and, and there's only one one uh, blood vessel going to that so so um, and, and there's now uh, titanium um, titanium something inside it. So that it, um, it took a while to to recover and and get it get it boned again. So, I can imagine. So, yeah. So so um, but but this qigong was helping a lot, and and it it gave me the reason to continue doing that. And now 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 I've been doing practicing it for about fourteen years. And. When you say medical qigong, for for someone that's not familiar with with medical qigong, how would you describe it? I would say it's kind of a combination, to some extent, of yoga and tai chi, and, and um, but the it's kind of a exercise that is meant to to help with all the uh, kind of lymphatic and and your cardiovascular systems and and, and also your energy whole energy system so that so that everything everything kind of runs smoothly and also also there's lots of breathing exercises and and um, just horse standing for a few hours it's <laughs> helping with the circulation and it's it's anyhow in the morning it's it's really good um, it kind of wakes up the body and and all the all the functions of the body very effectively and, and even my, my daughters also, they want to join us to do it some mornings, especially when we are traveling. They, they kind of get lots of energy of that and, and uh, more balanced and quickly recover, recover from the jet lag and that kind of thing. So, so there are multiple benefits what I've got from, from that. And, and sleep is one, one of the things so that it helps me to, to prepare for the better sleep. Very nice. And did you? How did you learn that? Do you do you do the practice on your own? Do you follow along with the DVD? No, actually, I have a master teacher here here where I live. So, so we have three medical Qigong masters here in Finland, and actually, the main teacher is from Norway. So we have we have um, so courses, kind of weekend courses, uh, every now and then, three to four times per year, and and you always get a new new kind of stance or, or kind of a new new exercise you do for the next uh, three to six months. So it's um, so the basic basic term is that you have to learn first couple of two to three years you learn some basic stuff and then there's 16 different specific moves that you need to learn uh, for the uh, it takes four to four to eight years or something like that. And then then you can enter the master level after that so so it's lots of body work and some of the exercises they take more than two hours two hours and and um and and it can be kind of a that kind of stances that you have to stand for in, in certain position for quite some time 
so it's they are hard to learn and <laughs> takes power and and and, and kind of mental uh, focus as well i can imagine so for someone someone who's listening and maybe doesn't have 2 hours a day for their workout but maybe they've got 30 to 60 minutes it, are there still benefits to qigong or, or medical qigong um, or would you suggest a different type of exercise for someone in that position that also wants to optimize their sleep? Definitely. It's the normal uh, morning exercise takes about 15 to 20 minutes for me. So, okay. But of course, it, uh, um, if you have done it longer, then you get the same benefit with shorter exercise as well. So in the beginning, it takes a little bit more, more time, but, but eventually 15 to 20 minutes per day it's a good start for the day. And then depending on, on how much mental or physical um, load you have, especially if you have lots of mental load, it helps you to, to recover from that uh, if you do some more certain exercises. Um, so, yeah, and breathing, breathing exercises are always, always good as well. And do you do your breathing exercises uh, while you're doing Qigong or is that a separate practice? It's separate, separate practice. Okay. Yeah. And what type of breathing do you do? Is it along the lines of a, a Wim Hof or holotropic breathing or apnea training, pranayama? Is it something different? Yeah, in Qigong, there are different kind of, and I've learned along the way, different kind of yoga, yoga breathing as well. And, and in the martial arts, we had some specific stuff as well. So it depends on what I'm looking for. So mental focus, it's maybe just five minutes deep breathing in certain, certain uh, frequency. Uh, so it helps to stabilize your, your kind of a, basically all the, the organ functions so that uh, insulin levels down and, and, and um, hypertension or blood pressure going down and that kind of things. And, and um, if I need to focus for some presentation or something, then I do it a little bit different way. So it's kind of a just thinking uh, how long inhales and how much how long I keep the, the breathing and then then uh, how long exhales and, and so it's kind of a just rhythmic thing uh, depending on the need. What's what's your favorite type of breathing for improving sleep quality? Um, for the yeah, for if I'm traveling, for example, and, and and if I'm kind of preparing for some presentation, for example, then I I do kind of a quick relaxing of the whole body, so that I start from the toes and then go through the whole body, kind of just thinking through thinking through every place in my body and and how just feeling that how it feels and and just kind of a relaxing them and then then do some some simple deep breathing as natural as possible and and like like when you when you go to sleep and and um, you naturally start to, to deepen your sleep so so something like that so that i can i can reach the the uh, reach the uh, subconscious if i want to prepare myself for the for the presentation i kind of reach to my subconscious and then kind of see see beforehand that okay um, how it's going to 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 be my presentation kind of go through some of the main things uh, in my mind and then it takes let's say five to ten minutes or something like maximum 20 minutes depending on 
on how tired I am or something like that. And then then I wake up from that and, and I'm, I'm prepared. So then I can go relaxed and focused to give the presentation. Cool. And so do you, do you set an alarm um, so that you know when it's been 20 minutes and you can focus on your breathing and your and mindfulness and body awareness? Or how do you know that? Because sometimes when you're meditating, it's hard to d- tell if it's been five minutes or 35 minutes. Yes. For some reason, uh, for me, it, it goes naturally so that um, it takes about 20 minutes from 19 to 22 minutes. I, it happens automatically. If I have to be somewhere um, after 40 minutes or something, then I set alarm just in case uh, if I fall asleep or something. But normally, and I measure with, with Aura as well, uh, the, the current app doesn't show it, but the Aura measures automatically those those relaxing moments as well. If you just lay down or you do meditation or relaxing on your sitting as well. So it starts to measure the pulse waveform and the and, and your heartbeat and all the characteristics like like during the sleep as well so so i can then then verify that okay how how my heart rate how 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 down it went and also my what was my heart rate variation during that period so then i can compare to my baseline from the night time nice and are you seeing that setting aside time during the day for mindful practice mindfulness practices whether it's breathing or meditation or progressive relaxation do you see a correlation with that and quality of sleep yes yes and especially uh, it's about the t- about timing so already when i was doing this early in uh, in more than 10 years ago i was doing this this kind of explorations i i noticed that for myself it's beneficial to do it, uh, let's say, 5 p.m. or or 8 p.m., so a couple of hours before sleep. Um, and if I still need to do something uh, kind of a focused, mentally focusing things like, like we are talking now, it's, it's uh, 6.40 p.m. now. So I did, did, did some uh, short 20-minute practice before this so that I can, I can kind of re-boost my energy levels after the long day of in, in work. So I, I, I didn't have enough time to go, go choking or, or to go outside. So then I did this kind of 20 minutes exercise to, to get more energized. Um, and so, so that's that, that I know that it works for me. And also that I know that it doesn't harm my sleep when I do it this time, it doesn't take away the, um, the sleep pressure. Uh, but it helps me to to go deeper sleep quicker. All right. Well, I want to talk about sleep pressure there too, which you just mentioned. Um, and but just backing into some of your timing here, you said you found five p.m. and eight p.m. to be the most beneficial times for doing some breath work and, and relaxation. Yes. Um, what time do you go to bed at night? Uh, normally, I go between ten and eleven. 10 and 11 p.m. you're going to bed. Okay. That's, so, that's my optimal. That's my optimal. Yes. Okay. Me, me, me too. Sometimes I don't make it, but most I'm getting, I'm getting much, much better. And similarly, yeah. like before our conversation here, I was, I went for a workout on the beach and did like a long, a long walk in my tan through swimsuit uh, yeah. to, to get sun everywhere. And then we did some yeah. breath work and meditation and relaxation. So very, um, very cool that we both have similar practices to prepare for something that 
requires yes. mental focus and engagement. Um, yes. You mentioned sleep pressure. For someone listening, uh, what is sleep pressure? Yeah, so, so um, our sleep drive is, is driven uh, with the sleep pressure. So once we wake up, of course, the sleep pressure is, is um, at its lowest um, sometime after we have waken up. But then during the day, the sleep pressure starts to, to climb up again so that, so that it would kind of uh, help us to know that, okay, the time to go to sleep is, is becoming closer. So, so our body is helping us to prepare. And all that is, is, is to do with the um, hormonal, hormonal balance. So how the melatonin secretion starts at a certain time in the night time and also um, when you wake up in the morning, so how, how the uh, so-called uh, stress hormones peak, peak up and also the highest testosterone secretion is and so on. And uh, this is, of course, highly dependent on your chronotype. And, and and your circadian alignment as well. So, so um, as you know, there are at least three, maybe four different chronotypes. Everyone has heard about these morning and evening chronotypes, the morning evening persons. Is this the is this the same as like are you a lark or an owl? You know, are you someone yeah, that basically yes, yes, it's the same. Yes, so so. So in these different contexts, uh, there are different names for this. And, and like um, uh, there's also the book by um, Dr. Michael Breos uh, about this, The Power of When, where he uses the terms lion, dolphin, wolf, and so on to define these different chronotypes. So he, he took mammals uh, to describe uh, also from the behavior perspective that how, how these different kinds of people, how they express their chronotype. And I'm definitely a lion in, in, the, in that specification, which means that a very early person. So, okay. so I, I wake up early and I have to go to sleep between, between uh, let's say, optimal would be 9.45 to, to uh, 10.45 p.m. that would be my optimal window and, and that's that's what i'm also kind of a, what i see uh, with with aura so actually actually now based on on all the data that we've been uh, collecting from uh, our customers from more than 50 countries so far we've learned so many things that how unique patterns the sleeping patterns are for each each people but also that we've been able to uh, develop the algorithms uh, to fi- help find the optimal optimal time to go to sleep, optimal bedtime for each individual. So that is something that we are going to release in the next next uh, new new app version. Oh, I'm very excited for that. Um, how many people? So you have a very unique situation where you're gathering sleep data from people all over the world, men and women, different walks of life. Yes. Um, how many people are currently using the Aura Ring to track their sleep and optimize their performance? Yeah, so as I said, we have, we have customers, active users in more than 50 countries now. And, and, um, and, uh, and our retention rates are high as well, two to three times higher than, than other wearables. So they are, our users are really committed uh, users, um, so so we get all the time feedback from them that 
but how, what kind of things are helping them to to improve their sleep and 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 also that um, our passion is to to let's say personalize the uh, the guidance even more in the app so that so that we can we can really help people in different walks of life and and living in different environments like you you moved from Chicago to to Florida to get more sunlight and 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 um, so we want to help help people to find what is good for them in their in the context of their life and their choices and lifestyles so kind of in respect to to their biology and physiology so that how they could be better in sync uh, what is good for them uh, and that's that's really interesting stuff nice and does that personalization have anything to do with the individual's chronotype and their circadian alignment yes that's exactly like um uh like now there was this biohacker summit again in finland uh just recently you were there a year before but yeah now, that's where we met the first time yeah so actually you can find a presentation by hanno kinnonen our chief scientific officer where he is presenting the findings the insights that we've been able to derive from all the all the years of aura that how the circadian alignment and and where where you are living for example in relation to to how much sunlight you get uh, over the year so so there are very interesting findings that that uh, how the circadian alignment is affecting different people and also their behavior so when they are active how how active and what kind of activity they to do and also how their sleeping patterns are affected by by the amount of sunlight they get and that kind of thing things so there's plenty of kind of interesting information that can be derived and our algorithms can derive uh, from from these kind of findings very cool and what are what are some what are some of the cliff notes um of the findings that you guys have uh observed that you're most excited about that people can take and apply to their life to get better sleep and improve uh improve their circadian alignment yeah there are some very clear things like like how big a meal and what kind of a meal you eat in the evening mm-hmm. and also what time you eat the meal uh, that's, that's been like the biggest one for me yeah, yeah. Yes, A- after is, fixing environment and all of that yeah. i realized oh it's when i eat like a fatty like an hour before yeah. bed I, yes. I, I don't get deep sleep exactly exactly that's that's the finding for for many many people uh, but some people are different and they they don't their sleep is not affected by this kind of things so so that's also the uniqueness that we we have found out that like like we, we we our thinking is that we are all unique and our lifestyles are different and our also our body responses are different in different life life situations so so we cannot generalize the guidance but we have to be able to test and explore it's one of us ourselves that what is good for us so for some people like you and me too big a meal too late in the evening just before sleep it it harms our sleep and especially i completely lose my deep sleep if i eat too much and eat too too fatty things so so then, uh, certain kind of uh, um, 
meal is good for some people, but not too much. And and at at least myself, I, I need to need to really have let's say at least two to three hours uh, of my last meal before I go to sleep, yep. so, that, so that it doesn't affect my my deep sleep amount. Oh, Pateri, we're peas in a pod. What else yeah. have you guys? So for the people that that may not be impacted as much by the the timing. I mean, and that's that's one of the big hacks that has that allowed me to get a three hundred to four hundred percent increase in my deep sleep was okay. No, no eating two hours before bed. Ideally, three hours before bed, and finding that sweet spot of okay, I'm eating a big enough dinner to replenish my energy from the day, but not more than I need. Um, where it's gonna it's gonna keep me digesting. And, yes. um, and and yes. and interfere from that rest and recovery process. Yes. What about what about the other people? What are um, some other things you guys are seeing that can help them? Some other cool sleep hacks? Yeah, one of the things is that um, some people some people sleep is affected by too high intensity exercise, too close to the the sleep time. Mm. So so going to to uh, gym too late in the evening and, and doing high, quite high intensity exercise there, it can com- completely take away your deep sleep. Mm. And, and for example, my co-founder colleague, uh, Kari, who is doing cross training and that kind of stuff, he learned this uh, in his life that he just cannot train too late. He, he must go earlier in the afternoon to train and then, it, then he doesn't have this kind of effect of, of losing deep sleep. That's a huge observation and like, and that's, and that's one of the things that we don't, a lot of us don't take into account is the, the, the demand that certain types of exercise place on our nervous system and yes. like the, the yes. CNS stimulation that takes place. Um, not only like you mentioned a little bit of exercise intolerance or trouble yes. recovering from workouts yes. and, um, and I too had that, I had a very extreme case of that where pretty much anything besides yoga for a while when I was run yes. down, um, yes. I, I was not recovering from it. I could do it. I had yes. the, yes. you know, I had the fitness on paper, but yes. then I was wiped. Um, yes. 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 And so, so, so the, yeah, it's, this autonomic nervous system capacity goes it, down in certain situations and then you, you just ha- don't have capacity to recover from your exercise. Yeah. 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 Have you guys, I'm curious, have you guys seen, have you observed any connection between um, some of the chronic stressors that many people experience from wireless technology? You know, the, the microwave radiation, cell phones, Wi-Fi, cell towers, the supporting infrastructure, smart meters, and those sorts of things. Um, and that perhaps st- stressing their system so that if they try to engage in high intensity exercise and if they do intermittent fasting and they mm. stack too many of these other, what mm. would be beneficial acute stressors. Mm. It's mm. just like, it's too much for their system yes, because they've exactly. got this chronic stressor running in the background. Yes. Have you guys seen yes. anything like that? Yes, we have, we have heard comments from, from some of the users. And, and of course I'm, I'm, uh, I've kind of dig deeper into that myself as well. And, and, that's one of the reasons that why why we wanted to optimize the Bluetooth uh, usability in, in in Aura as well, so that it it uses only a couple of minutes at maximum per day, transmitting the data over the Bluetooth 
which is it, huge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and majority of the time it's just sleeping, not sending anything uh, out and, and also that you can put it in the flight mode co- continuously so so that at least it wouldn't disturb but of course bluetooth is is much much lower level even thousand times lower level than mobile phone for example uh-huh. and of course the wireless wireless lands and so on um, i've heard yeah quite many people are reporting of course that um, especially in the biohacker audience that that if they go to sleep in in the uh, in the hotel or something like that they would like to make sure that the, there's no wireless LAN or something like that is disrupting disrupting yeah. your sleep and that kind of thing. So, so but there again, I would say we are we are all different and we are unique in that sense mm-hmm. that some some people are more sensitive to these things, and maybe some people they just don't kind of see the effect. They may they may have many other stressors <laughs> as you said affecting and, and not not all the people are let's say um in that level of awareness of of finding or, or seeing those responses in the body but they they are just let's say trying to figure out why they are fatigued all the mm-hmm. time like that so yeah. so yeah again i wouldn't say anything kind of generalization but but for sure uh, these these different wavelengths they are not natural to us to our body and our our biology mm-hmm. in any case so so there there may be some effects and and um, and I think everyone needs to find out in their own life that how they can avoid those things yeah it yeah. makes it it makes it really easy to run some of these experiments uh on your own with, with this technology. And every morning you get a readout of your deep sleep, your REM sleep, your heart rate variability, as you guys call it, you know, your readiness for the day. And, um, and, and it allows you to make changes really, really quickly that were difficult, even with existing technology, like the Fitbits and the sleep apps, um, Mm. that, that were out there. Yes. What's one more sleep hack that you guys are seeing a lot of people benefit from? You've mentioned not eating, you know, big meals um, and and trying to be finish eating two to three hours before bed. You mentioned how for some people, high intensity exercise too close to sleep can in, can interfere. What's one more that you guys are seeing um, a lot of people benefit from? Yeah, blue light blockers. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for me, it was a huge things so of course i've been i've been using the efflux and and all the uh, those when iphone also enabled this this shift night shift mode and that kind of things but efflux has been there for macbooks for quite some time so i've all the time used them but but still i had a huge effect from when i started using blue light blockers so i it even yeah even doubled my my deep sleep almost yeah that's that's huge. I'm, I've got a pretty exciting story for you. Um, what type of what type of blue light blockers do you use? I have Swanwick's. You do. All right, nice. Well, uh, yeah. So do I. I'll um, and and I love how how he's done. He's paid for the research to compare his glasses to the other types and and yeah. look at how much blue light they actually block. Because a lot of people yeah. mistakenly assume all blue light blocking glasses are the same, and yes. they're not. Some yes. some let through a tremendous amount, and yes. uh, and and the Swanies block 
a good amount. So um, we'll make it easy for for the listeners, and we'll put a link to the the Swanwicks that you and I own uh, mm. in in the show notes. Um, one of one of our our biohackers in the community branch took it one step further, and he started realizing how much the blue light was negatively impacting his his deep and uh, and and, and REM, REM sleep, mm. um, and he took it out of everything. Took it out of his computer, his phone, his TV, even, and he took out all of the lights in his home and swapped them for uh, amber incandescent bulbs. Yeah, and uh, and then he's like, I wear, and he only wears the glasses now when you know it's it, when his environment isn't yes. optimal, and yes. he saw it go through the roof. And so now like our entire community, like I have all of our coaching clients plugged into a community where everyone's sharing the experiments they're running. And then, and a lot of people did that and it's replicable and it's, Mm. it's, it's pretty Mm. exciting to see how much this blue light is, uh, is impacting our physiology and our ability to rest and recover. Yes, exactly. And, but again, I would say that there are people who are not affected that much, Mm -hmm. like in, in their chronotypes, like in our team, there are people who are. In, in Michael Bear's book, uh, they are called bears. And, and, and they, they just can sleep everywhere, every time, any time. And they always get about yeah, at least one hour, one and a half hours deep sleep. Whatever time they go to sleep, wherever mm. they sleep. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> and, and maybe the only thing that, that affects them is, is the late meal time. But like blue light blocking doesn't have any effect or... So, so there are such kind of people who are in their chronotype. They are so-called bears, and it just it just can't sleep <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So, uh, so I think as as a morning person uh, in my chronotype, I'm I'm more uh, sensitive to to this blue light uh, because my melatonin secretion starts earlier in the in the evening, and mm-hmm. I should my body is trying to prepare myself to to be be prepared for the sleep uh, earlier than those bears or wolves and others so so therefore this blue light blocking works for me especially very well yep yep i'm i'm the same way and uh and and i've even gone so far as like after sunset uh to make sure i'm not exposed to wi-fi or even on my phone because um and a lot of people may not be aware of this, but just the frequency of those, of those devices can impact your melatonin production. Um, even if you're wearing the blue light blocking glasses and you have all the blue removed, just being around a Wi-Fi router or on your phone can, can keep your body from, or can keep you from, um, um, uh, your, your pineal gland from producing a maximal melatonin release. And then it's going to, it's going to impact sleep and it can, can charge us up. So, um, that's cool. Any other really exciting sleep hacks that you guys have found for someone who's listening and they're like, they know they're not sleeping well, they're waking up in the morning tired, um, you know, they they need to invest in, in the order yeah. ring to track this stuff, of course, because there's they're, you're, you're seeing there's so much personalization. Um, and, and we'll talk about the order ring and how that how that can be used. Um, any other sleep sleep hacks that you've seen work for a large cross section of the population? Yeah, I think in addition to those that we already mentioned, I would say that this uh, right rhythm for your sleep. So having stable rhythm 
So uh-huh. bed, bedtime and wake-up time, it has actually huge difference to maturity of people. So, mm-hmm. so if you continuously are living like in, in a jet lag or kind of a, it's also called social jet lag, that if you, if you com- completely kind of mess with your sleeping patterns during the weekends, actually some people can handle that quite well, but, but maturity of people don't. Uh, depends again about your chronotype, but in any case, just kind of fixing your wake up time and and bedtime it helps many people to stabilize their their sleep and also kind of getting more eventually getting more deep sleep and getting more REM sleep and not waking up in the morning hours and so on. But also one one thing uh, which is affecting is the diet diet in general, so that. Um, uh, if you are allergic to, um, to something that you're continuously eating or, or um, you have celiac or is it, uh, is it celiac? So mm-hmm. from, from, the, from the grains you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Crohn's, colitis, IBS, celiac yes, disease, yes, all those. Yes, yes. So all those things. So if you, if you don't know, if you don't have diagnosis, but you kind of are allergic, allergic for some something in your diet, then it's, it's causing kind of extra pressure for your liver and other, um, other uh, inter-organ functions. And, and that's definitely affecting your, your sleep. Yeah. It's, it's making it, it restless and you're waking up too many times and, and uh, the sleeping efficiency is not that good anymore. Yep. I've noticed that on the nights that I do cheat meals and give myself a little bit more dietary freedom and flexibility, my resting pulse rate, which as you guys track is like the lowest pulse rate you have throughout the night, which can indicate a lot of cool things like how well you're recovering and stuff like that. I've noticed my lowest resting pulse rate is always much higher on the nights that I eat junk or what people would consider Yes. Consider cheat food. What yes. what are like the one or two worst foods for for the vast majority of people or food categories that you've seen negatively impact sleep? Is it grains? Yeah, I would say from my own experience, uh, many people I would I would say are to some level allergic to grains. Mm-hmm. So so and especially if they eat bread, which is it has yeast and Mm-hmm. Another kind of extra stuff is which is affecting a lot how your how your um, metabolism is is trying to get rid of the toxins and and trying to get the best nutrition out of out of the meal. So mm-hmm. it it kind of re- disrupts uh, all these important functions and even even put some extra pressure on on liver to produce um, energy and 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 those things to do those things that it should do and again then, then it's affecting your your kidneys as well and and drinking enough water during the day mm. it, it is important uh, because along with with the sleep it is so important to to kind of get enough uh waters and, and good quality water so that your kidneys can work also uh, as they should Speaking uh, of, of drinking and stressing the liver, where does alcohol fit into all of this? And what are you guys yeah. seeing there? 
Yes, <laughs> alcohol, of course, uh, it has huge effect on, first of all, in the resting heart rate. You can see a big jump. Jump there, normally it's affecting maturity of people. But again, there are some people that are not that much affected. But for vast maturity of people, you can see quite a big effect on the resting heart rate. And also the delayed delayed moment of getting the lowest resting heart rate during the night, which is an, when, when you reach the lowest resting heart rate, the, the rest of the night is like recharging your batteries. Mm-hmm. And, and the lo- closer of your wake up to you reach uh, the lowest resting heart rate, the less time you have for recharging your batteries. I got and, you. And that makes sense. Yeah. So that is that is uh, delayed uh, due to alcohol. Of course, it it is a big pressure again to to liver. Uh, so it's it's like driving your your if you eat too late, then it's driving your metabolism. Uh, but then, then alcohol is is driving your your liver to do other stuff than it should do during the night. Because during the night, it should get get rid of the toxins and prepare for the next day, kind of cleansing cleansing the body and that kind of stuff. That's what I was going to ask. Is so? Is it, 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 it is when you say charging the batteries for the people that like to nerd out on some of the inner mechanics of what's happening? Is is it is it once you reach your lowest resting heart rate from that point forward there is like an accelerated clearing of of toxins and free radicals from the brain or what's happening that that you um that you equate to recharging the batteries that occurs after the lowest resting heart rate has been achieved yes all the all the kind of recovery related functions uh, get more time in your body so so the metabolism or digestion is not affecting anymore but but your internal organs can concentrate on, on kind of getting rid of toxins and recovering from, from your other kind of uh, uh, dietary stressors or, or some other things, also kind of mental stressors in your life. Because, of course, mental stressors are affecting your internal organs' functions as well. So, but, but the main thing is, is the, this uh, kind of hormonal balance uh, because yeah basically all our life is about having the balance in your hormones mm-hmm. and you shouldn't you shouldn't play with with your hormones in any way you should be able to kind of stabilize your life so that the the hormonal functions have the kind of perfect balance um, and and also one thing uh in relation to kind of having uh, restorative sleep is this uh, in our brains this glymphatic uh, cleansing system mm-hmm. gets more time as well so from the brain function perspective it is really important to get enough deep sleep and, and REM sleep uh, so that uh, but there's pioneering research done here in actually in the same city here in Oulu where, where we come from and also in New York University in relation to this glymphatic system cleansing system in the brain and and that's we are involved in 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 that research as well and it's really interesting to find out and what what they are finding out there is that our brain mass actually shrinks during the night in certain sleep stages even up to 40 percent and and the reason for that is that then there's more space for this glymphatic cleansing system uh, to work and there, when when your your brain mass is kind of shrinked, 
then uh, your heart rate and heart rate variability becomes important because there's no that kind of lymphatic cleansing like other elsewhere in the body. But this lymphatic system is kind of bound to your heart rate, your breathing rate, and also your heart rate variation that gives gives the variation on the on the um, uh, fluids in the brain to cleanse uh, the toxins, the, the dead cells and, and other toxins from the brain uh, while you are sleeping. So is that one of the reasons that heart rate variability is good? Because yeah. higher variability means higher cleansing and detoxification yes. via the glymphatic system? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Ah. So, that, so that, is, that is really important in that sense that you you have enough of, of uh, heart rate variation because it, it gives the, the kind of random randomality or, or this kind of a abnormal uh, um, rhythms, rhythms along with the, the heartbeat, which is quite stable. Of course, during REM sleep, the heart rate is also variating a lot and the breathing pattern is variating a lot as well. But all those together, they, they have this kind of a rhythmic indifference so that uh, this lymphatic system can cleanse your brains effectively. Oh, I love it. That's fascinating. Um, so this, this, this is what I wanted to share. And we, we've mentioned it a little bit because I was getting excited about the sleep hacks that you were, um, that, that you were dropping. Um, but three things that, that I noticed that equated to a 300 to 400% increase in my deep sleep. You already mentioned one, which is don't eat like a fatty two to three hours before you're going to bed, you know, find, find the right amount of food to replenish yourself. But, um, if you're going to bed at 10, which is what I shoot for, but even if I'm late, I'm, I'm usually in bed before 11. Um, you're, you're done eating by eight, ideally seven. Um, I found that for me, I'm, I'm a 200 pound guy. 200 milligrams of 5-HTP, which is like a serotonin precursor and also linked to the the melatonin pathway. Um, That helps a lot. If Mm. I eat and do that, Mm. it's not as effective. Okay, yeah. So it's like the two together work great, but the Mm. the supplement doesn't, uh, it's not able to overcome me eating right before bed. So we we, we did notice that. And then... um, and then the third that we isolated was was cold, which is one of the ones that we haven't mentioned. The yes. ice ice baths. Yes. Um, yes. T- what do you What are you guys seeing with cold exposure and and how cold thermogenesis and ice baths and cold showers can impact sleep and be used beneficially? Yeah, I found out that that um, if I do it a couple of hours before my sleep, it it has positive effect. And I've also tried. Uh, earlier in my my life and also lately this autumn I, I tried doing it in the morning and I again I, I couldn't find it so beneficial it wasn't so, as beneficial doing it in the morning compared to doing no, it at night no no it wasn't so it yeah. wasn't but it, it's good night, for waking you up yes it is for <laughs> that but, but it, is, it is not that comfortable <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so so I, I selected Qigong is easier way for me to wake up, and and then I prefer uh, after sauna uh, taking this this uh, cold exposure. So so for me, it's better combination that way. Yeah, me me too. The you know after finishing work for the day, hitting the the clear light infrared sauna, and then ending with uh, a five or ten minute ice bath is like. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's the perfect combination. It's usually right before uh, right before dinner. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Nice. And I think again, everyone needs to find what is good protocol for them. And also, and, some people some people may may need may need some um, lukewarm shower after that, but not not taking back the sauna again because then you lose lose the effect. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the aura ring and how this device has been used. I've used it a lot for, for sleep hacking. It's been mm. the, the primary device and any, any client that I'm working with that's having trouble with sleep, um, I'll recommend they get it because the awareness it brings to the variables that impact your sleep is mm. priceless. Um, tell me a little bit about the Aura Ring, what you guys are doing with that technology, what it tracks, and how people can use it to personalize their uh, their their health programs and, and optimize their sleep. Yeah, first of all, um, let's say in comparison to to other products um, measuring uh, sleep and so on, our product is different. First of all, in that uh, we measure the pulse waveform and the, the amplitude variation. So, so during the night and during the relaxing moments during the day, the ring measures every beat and the time between the heartbeats, but also, also this, this varying uh, amplitude, uh, pulse amplitude variation, which is an uh, implication of the blood pressure variation. And also your breathing, of course, is, is affecting, affecting waveform itself. So... Um, so that is the one of the reasons that why our sleep uh, algorithms are so much better and uh, and in comparison to polysomnography like uh, like you know Stanford Research Institute did uh, independent validation and they found that Aura is by far the best uh, best sleep monitor outside the sleep lab and and very much in the comparison to polysomnography and that that is one of the main reasons that we we actually get the whole characteristics of your pulse waveform and then combine it together with the pulse uh, uh, body temperature measurement so mm. so during the night about 4:30 p.m. Uh, a.m. depending on your chronotype you reach the lowest body temperature and then your skin temperature in the periphery and your body temperature are the same so, so we get 0.07 degrees centigrade resolution, your body temperature reading uh, between the nights. And, and therefore, uh, um, it, it is like sleeping with thermometer. So, mm-hmm. so you, you get, get, get this reading along with, with the actogram and, and daily rhythms and patterns, intensities of your activities. So the 3D accelerometer uh, is measuring all those those things. So it's not only the, the activities and so on, but also the, the rhythms, different things, and also alerting you about the inactivity, which is uh, important for, for the health perspective as well, to, to avoid the sedentary lifestyle. So from those raw signals, the pulse waveform and, and, and other stuff, we, we can derive this interbeat interval, heart rate vari- variability-related um, parameters, and then respiration rate, breathing variance, and, and so on. And, and we have validated uh, the heart rate and heart rate variability along with the, all the other uh, raw signals against the golden standards. Yeah, And uh, like heart rate the measurement is 
99.9% in correlation with ECG. And, and uh, heart rate variation is 98.4% uh, in correlation with ECG. Uh, so so it's, it's very, very accurate continuous reading um, over the nights and those periods during the day that where, when, when the ring is measuring your uh, heart rate characteristics. That's, that's great. And it's, you guys make it so it's simple where even if you don't know what pulse waveform or heart rate variability or respiration rate mean and how to interpret that data, you get a sleep score. That's like yeah. the same as getting yeah. a, a, a grade in school where it says like, oh, you got an 80% or you got a yeah. 66%. Yeah. And, yeah. and then yeah. you can dig in if you want and you can look at some of the, uh, the, some of the things that may be off. Like, oh, I, I didn't have any deep sleep. Why not? Oh, well, I ate, you know, right before bed. Yes, you know, yes, I, yes. I, I thought I was, I thought I was smoking a little medicinal cannabis because I wanted the CBD to help me reach a deeper state of sleep, but that gave me the munchies. And then I ate a bunch of food <laughs> and that messed with my sleep. So you realize yes, something that like exactly. could yes. in, in certain cases be beneficial may actually be hurting you and, and the, the yes. awareness and the data is critical for that. Um, yes. Yes. What, are the, what are the most important metrics for someone that has the aura ring and they want to, um, they want to say, all right, where should I focus? What are the most important metrics and self-monitoring data points that you recommend uh, we, we really pay attention to? Yeah. First of all, of course, the sleep is, is the most important and the, the hypnogram that you can get and your resting heart rate curve over the night so that when you reach the lowest point of your resting heart rate and how, how this resting heart rate curve is in, in the alignment of, to your hypnogram. So when you, when you reach the, the lowest points of your sleep, when you get the most of the deep sleep and also how much of REM sleep and overall efficiency of your sleep, so how much wakefulness there is, how, what, what, is, what is your... Um, how quickly you you fall asleep when you go to sleep. So the ring detects automatically all these things, and it helps you to to become more aware of those those kind of factors or contributors, as we call them. That what is contributing to your sleep, mm-hmm. and the sleep score is is formed uh, by these seven different contributors. Like sleep timing is one, and there are six others that are each one of them are important contributors. To, to your sleep and what are and, those seven factors you sleep timing so that's when you go to bed and, yes and and then there's um um hold on a second i remember by by heart i don't have my my app with, with me <laughs> sleep uh, timing you, you mentioned consistency too and like that that can be a challenging one for people that travel a lot and, and are changing time zones and may yes. have uh, businesses and, and entrepreneurial ventures and responsibilities that, that keep them up. Um, but you are seeing that doing your best to maintain a consistent sleep schedule mm. um, is, is an important part of uh, optimizing performance. Yes, it's, it's one thing. So, so the seven contributors are total sleep, so the amount of, of your sleep, then efficiency, so how, much, uh, how, how effective is the, is the time in your bed, so mm-hmm. how much of that time you're spending in the bed, how much you sleep of that, and then disturbances, so, so uh, how much wakefulness there is and, and 
some something disturbing your your sleep how much REM sleep how much deep sleep sleep latency is the time that how quickly you you fall asleep when you go to the bed and then sleep timing which is related to to this um, circadian alignment and so so that keeping the consistent um, bed time and, and wake up time beautiful yeah, so, so- so like to recap those seven sleep timing when you go to bed when you wake up the total amount of sleep the efficiency of your sleep like um you know if you're sleeping at 50 percent efficiency versus 99 percent efficiency you're going to feel completely different in the morning disturbances how much how many times you're waking up throughout the night maybe you drink a bunch of caffeine at 5 p.m and that's keeping you from going into those deeper states of sleep how much REM sleep how much deep sleep and then the sleep latency, how long it takes you to fall asleep. Is that the seven? Uh, yes. And sleep timing is, is, is one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yes. And, and, and in the app, it is easy to get more information about this just by tapping the name of the contributor. It gives you full explanation that, that what it means in practice and what you can do to improve in this. And actually, the, the main view of the app always gives you certain messages in relation to sleep and readiness and activity. So it points out some of these contributors that, are, that is kind of most, uh, mostly affecting your, your last night's sleep in, the, in relation to sleep. So it, it kind of um, makes you pay attention to this specific contributor that that what you can and gives you kind of hints that what you could do to improve there very cool yeah uh, um that's that's huge and you've mentioned uh hypnogram am i I saying that right what is it what is a hypnogram so hypnogram is is uh, if if you go to the sleep lab and and you sleep over the night and they do the analysis of your sleep it, it shows you the amount of deep sleep light sleep and REM sleep and then amount of wakefulness as well. Um, so, so that is called hypnogram. Okay, and, cool. Uh, yeah, so, so that, is, that is the thing that is there in the app as well. So we kind of applied the same visualization, uh, what is used in the sleep lab as well. Um, and a sleep lab is going to cost 1000 to $4,000 a night. Yes, yes. <laughs> Whereas exactly. we're, we're looking at, you know, the, the amount that, that we invest in the aura ring is a tiny fraction of that. And you get, it's like doing a sleep lag every night, you yes, know, so that's, yes. you're talking, you're talking at, at the, on the low end, if you were to test your sleep every night for a year on the low end, you're spending 300 and, you know, 60 plus thousand dollars in a year. Yes. Yes. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's really, really powerful data and it, it, it's, it's revolutionizing the way that the healthcare industry functions is by giving people the power to the power and awareness to make changes that really impact their sleep and their health. So I think I'm, that's, that's amazing what you guys are doing there. Um, for people that are hearing about deep sleep and REM sleep and maybe not aware of the differences, what, what are the key differences between deep and REM sleep? Yeah, let's say simplification is that deep sleep is mostly for the uh, kind of physical recovery. Uh, and then REM sleep is more for mental recovery. But uh, that is, I would say, oversimplification because it is tightly connected to this lymphatic system, uh, so the cleansing of your, your brains from the toxins, but also, also um, uh, 
your body kind of tries to optimize uh, this physical recovery, having deep sleep early, early in the night to make sure that at least you, you get some recovery. And then REM sleep tends to be towards the end of the night, on the second half of your night. Uh, maturity of REM sleep happens then. And, and, um, but it is, it is important to get both of them uh, in any case, at least, in, let's say, in relation to, to you yourself. So there's no, I wouldn't say that there is some certain percentage of the sleep that you should get deep sleep or REM sleep. But and also like in, in the context of HRV, uh, we are all unique and, and we shouldn't compare those uh, to, to other people because um, our biology, physiology, it's totally unique and our, our lifestyle is different. If you have had, if you have an athletic background, for example, you may have been able to build more capacity to your autonomic nervous system. Mm. And more more dynamics there, uh, so so it may benefit you later in in your life to having to have more uh, flexibility or uh, capacity or dynamics for your heart rate variation, that kind of things. So so it's kind of a lifetime thing that that you can develop these things uh, in your body in your physiology, and kind of an oversimplification again is but but I would like to say that that um, each one of us, we have certain capacity, I mean, mental and physical cognitive capacity. And, uh, and we are built so that we should use that capacity continuously, but not kind of a, in a prolonged way, we shouldn't load ourselves too much, but we have to load and recover, load and recover. Like mm -hmm. that's the way how, how also top athletes they build up their capacity over the time so that they stretch their limits, then recover well, stretch again their limits. And, but they use, they use their full capacity and then they also do exercises that they can, they can quickly uh, release their energy. So that mm -hmm. like Usain Bolt, when he's on the starting line of 100 meters, his body is prepared to give everything. Uh, all the energy to this hundred meters now. Uh, so, so there's this kind of full capacity that you can have, but also that you can quickly release all that energy that you have. So, it's this. It's kind of a, the same thing from the physio physiological and, and physical perspective, but also from mental perspective. So, we should do that all our life, so that <laughs> so that it, our capacity doesn't shrink yeah yeah it, it's it's like that quote if you're not growing you're dying if if yes. if you're not actively increasing your capacity to perform work mm. without exceeding your ability to recover which is a really important mm. thing mm. that you that, that you mentioned there then you're going the other direction we're yes. either expanding or contracting. There isn't exactly. this, this notion of plateau or, you know, yes. I've, I've been at the yes. same place for a while. No, you're, you're, you're contracting. You just haven't yes. brought awareness to it yet. Yes, yes um, exactly. And there, this recovery and, and having restorative sleep, it, it's in the core, core of mm -hmm. the whole thing. So if you, don't, if you have some problems with your sleep, then you can't really get everything out of you. 
So, so you can't utilize all your capacity. So, so spot on. Pateri, what can you share that's on the horizon for, for the Aura Ring and you guys that you're excited about? Yeah, so, so we are continuously developing our concept and, and of course, the app and, and the technology. And um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it depends on, on when you are going to send this out. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, so so be, to, to make it to make it fun and allow us to have this conversation, we'll make sure that we release it um, December first or after. Okay, okay, great. Yeah. Okay, so so then I can tell that what is coming up. <laughs> so so we are about to launch a new, completely new or ring. So I have the old oh, one. Oh yeah, I have the new one. So Look so at it's that. it's in the size size of a wedding band. That's great. Um, yes. And, um, and the battery lasts uh, up to one week. Nice. Uh, and it's, it's um, charging time is, is short, like with Generation 1. And um, it's wireless charging. So it's a beautiful, smaller charger that you place, just place the ring there, and it's wireless, wireless charging. And, and uh, the cover cover is titanium oh that's a good looking uh, I, ring for anyone that can't yeah. see it he's, he's showing me it looks like a, a classic wedding band uh like chromed out uh and, and wow what a difference between the one that i'm wearing and that one this is cool yeah yes so in the size of the wedding band it's it's 7.9 millimeters wide and then 2.5 millimeters thick so in the size of the wedding band we have lots of more power the latest technology and, uh, and our proprietary measurement systems. And, and, um, and this is the smallest, smallest size, US6 size, the female smallest size. Is that and, the smallest uh, wearable on the, on the market? I would say so. And, and there are different colors. So we've been exploring different, different color oh, covers. And I'm going to have to get one of these. This is yeah, cool. Yeah, it will be matte, matte black as well this is not the matte but this is this is the, the matte matte color oh that's my jam right there yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. very so, cool and there will be two uh, actually three different designs so we call them balance and heritage and then also a diamond version um and um so there will be lots of new features in the in the um in the software side as well. So this chronotype circadian alignment uh, things, chronotype adherence circadian alignment thing is one. So already uh, we, we have a new app that we are going to release for the beta use uh, soon. And there, one of, the, one of the good functions, for example, is this showing you the exact time window for your optimal bedtime. Oh, and it's that's based, huge. Based, based on your, your own own sleep data and, and uh, really personalized to you. You can see that okay, where where is your optimal? And also, we are bringing all those contributors in the context of sleep readiness and activity uh, into the different kind of focus, so that it's easier to interpret that information. And also, we are further developing this uh, feedback loop, so the pers really personalizing the the uh, main view 
messages and, and there will be notes and tags and that kind of things you can easily note make your own notes in the app and and tag different kind of things during the day and oh that's um, amazing I, I I'm, I'm excited i can't wait and like so you're you're basically taking data that that illustrates someone's chronotype their their particular circadian alignment and then you're interpreting that data and giving recommendations like here's the optimal time for you to go to sleep to maximize your deep and rem sleep and, yes and, and those sorts of things yes um, yes wow. and also, right. so also it's actionable Yes, definitely. We want to make it so actionable and so personalized that it's, it is a unique, unique for you. And, and it's, it's tightly kind of a, it's, it's helping you to build those correlations between your own doings during the day and, and, and when you do certain things. And after kind of helping you to optimize your bedtimes and, and wake up times, then we are taking the next next phases towards helping you to understand your optimal meal times and exercise times, uh, and, and, and also if you, if you didn't sleep so well, what would be the optimal time for your naps or or some exercise, kind of relaxing exercise or meditation, and also bringing these um, kind of meditation uh, functions and and um, so that you can during the day when you do your meditation or that kind of exercise, it gives you the view to how, how your body responded to that. So giving you the details of wow. that as well. So, so we, are, we are kind of expanding um, the features so that also during the day, it's not only for sleep, but also in the, in the context of rest, kind of building the balance between your load and rest. So whatever you can do during the day that helps you to recover better and, and build even the readiness during the day so that um, so that you can you can do certain things and so it helps you to build correlations between different things that helps you be at your best performance during the day and then be, be, be prepared for your good sleep so cool this is this is biohacking's going mainstream <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right Oh, this is so cool. I, I mean, I, I can't wait just with, with the ring that I've had for a, a couple of years now, or I mean, I, I got it a few months before you and I even met. Um, I've got a whole Evernote filled with experiments and before and after sleep scores and, and how different things were impacted. And then since then we've added on a bunch from clients and, and this is without a doubt the the most effective sleep hacking tool to bring awareness and and notice what are the, the the cause and effect relationships that impact how well we sleep um and pateri we have uh a discount code set up with you guys um where people can go and pick up the ring and and we'll keep that active for the new ring as well right yes exactly and and, and also um uh, we will have a special pre-order pricing for your audience as well. So, so um, you will get some more information later on, so that you can include include there um, in the notes of the session. So, all the details necessary for you to to give a good discount for your audience Fantastic. for the, the pre-order. 
Yeah, we've got we've got that uh, the discount code biohacks b i o h a c k s. We've got that set up now, and yes. um, and then when the new ring comes out, what's what what date are you are you looking at twelve one for that or after? Um, so we will start deliveries deliveries of that in April next year. Okay. So so the pre order starts uh, on the last day of November. So we will okay. launch it launch it on November thirtieth. Uh, 5 p.m. EET. So in Finland, there is a, um, a happening or event called Slush, and and it's it's an investor and entrepreneur um, kind of startup event, biggest event in, oh biggest startup event in in uh, Europe, and and we are going to launch there. So uh, fantastic. So from from oh, there, oh. we start start the pre-order campaign and. Also, at the same time, we are going to release the uh, based dashboard for the teams of coaches and personal trainers. So, so um, in addition to the, the cloud UI that we already have in the beta phase, there will be this kind of a teams version as well so that the coaches can, can manage all the clients they have in, in one view and, and dig deeper into, into the information of each client uh, to help them better optimize their their sleep and readiness to perform and, and adjust the activities in relation to their their recovery. Ah, so cool, but Terry, I, I'm I'm thrilled about what you guys are working on. It's it's I mean game changing technology and anything that you guys need help with, uh, whether it's beta testing. Just let me know. Count me in. We're already we're already doing it unofficially. Um, yeah. <laughs> for for people that want to for people that want to pick up a ring and and stay in tune in touch with what you guys are working on. Where's what are the best ways for them to do that? Yeah, they find they will find uh, more information in our website, orring dot com. O u r a ring dot com. O-U-R-A-R-I-N-G dot com. We'll have the, the discount code biohacks. And, um, you know, for, for those of you that are listening to this, uh, well, everyone's going to be listening to it after December 1st. But um, for those of you that, that want to jump on the pre-order with me for the new ring, um, we're going to have something, we're going to have some special pre-order pricing set up there as well. Uh, but Terry, this has been great, man. Thank you. Yes. I've yes. had a lot of fun. I, yeah, me too. I've enjoyed a lot discussing with you. My pleasure. This episode is brought to you by primalblueprint.com, which I have shopped at for years. I love a number of their products, and I have two to recommend right off the bat. Number one is perhaps the condiment I recommend most often to new clients, and that is their Primal Kitchen Mayo. It's made with avocado oil and cage-free organic eggs. Best of all, it's free from soy and canola oil, which are usually genetically modified and sprayed with nasty herbicides like glyphosate. It's one of the few things I used to really miss when keeping my nutrition dialed in, and now I don't have to anymore. It's amazing. You will thank me. Primal Kitchen Mayo. The second is their dark chocolate almond bars. 
made with grass-fed collagen, Turkish almonds, and pumpkin seeds. These are delicious and addicting. I'm a closet fat kid, so I usually buy them when I'm in a position to consume the entire 12-bar box in a matter of days, which is usually how things unfold. The collagen in these bars has been shown to reduce joint pain, improve sleep quality, support skin, hair, and nail growth, and enhance digestion. Many female clients report a more youthful appearance and fewer wrinkles. I love them, and I think you will too. So all you need to do to give them a try is go to primalblueprint.com. That's P-R-I-M-A-L-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T.com. And you can choose one of those two products, Primal Kitchen Mayo, Dark Chocolate Almond Bars, or more than a dozen other products, and Biohacking Secrets approved books, products, and recipes. It's that easy. Go to primalblueprint.com and grab some delicious, healthy food. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Millennial Health Systems. Millennial Health Systems engineers innovative and practical light hacking tools for enhancing energy, detoxification, boosting immune function, improving focus, accelerating recovery, and much, much more. They are the brains behind two of my favorite light biohacks, and I've been using them for a long time now myself and with my one-on-one clients, the Theralumin and the Spectrumite. The Spectrumite utilizes frequency and color combinations delivered through 40 high-powered LEDs to increase mitochondrial function, the energy powerhouses in our cells that produce ATP, boost nitric oxide production, and encourage a state of relaxed focus. It's based on NASA research, which found this type of low-level laser therapy, abbreviated LLLT, greatly enhanced the natural wound healing process and more quickly returned patients to a pre-injury and pre-illness level of activity. It's a one-stop shop for all of your light hacking needs. I use both the Spectrumite and the Theralumin every week and consider the Theralumin a cornerstone of the programs I put together to help some of my clients recover from chronic fatigue and other conditions with with infectious causation like Lyme disease. The Spectrumite is controlled via Wi-Fi using a smartphone application that's intuitive and easy to use. And the Theralumin has literally two buttons, on and off. It's very simple. You can check out both products at millennialhealthsystems.com. That's millennialhealthsystems.com. Two L's and two N's in millennial. And right now, my listeners, you guys, will get $100 off the Theralumin and $50 off the Spectrumite. Just mention the special code BIOHACKS, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S, to get that discount. 